Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Oh, now I've got a halo, halo. You do? You're like... um Angelic? Yeah, yeah. There's actually, near where we're staying here on Koh Samui, there's one of the temples and there's a few different massive Buddha statues yeah, and one of them, it's, I think he's the abundant Buddha. He's a bit, he's not like you, Nick, he's, he's a bit fat. But anyway, it's, he's about abundance, you know, oh. of everything. But anyway, yeah, he has like the statue of the head and then there's this massive circle like around like that. And that's what it's reminding me of at the minute. Nice. It's a, it's, I got this from Bali. It's, um, yeah, I bought it back from Bali. I love how it cascades in on itself. Like here it just falls in and then it falls in again and... It's kind of fractal, isn't it? It is fractal. Because it could just keep falling in forever. It does. Yeah, I was um, watching this uh, video the other day talking about like whether, we, whether we're looking at uh, expansiveness, so how big the universe is, it's like too much to comprehend because it seems to go on forever, which it might. It could be infinite, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then if we, de- if we get down to the smallest parts and start to look at um, molecules and atoms and subatomic particles, it's like that's infinite as well because now they're finding, you know, that the, the subatomic particles, atoms, are like 99% nothing <laughs> and so it's like whichever way you look with the expansive or as the smallest degree it's it's infinite the way that i, I spoke look. to you about that uh, eight master lessons of nature book that i read yep. it was mm-hmm. amazing yeah he's he spoken about if we were to shrink if we were to take all the space out of us between all the space between the atoms and molecules and everything we would be invisible and if you did that to every human on Earth and joined them together, it would be the size of a sugar cube. So <laughs> the, the mass of humanity is the size of a sugar cube. Yeah. It's, 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 and the, our brain can't comprehend that. I, I listened to one where I was talking about uh, DNA. So every cell in our body has the, a double helix, a DNA yeah. strand. And, and that contains all the information around what it is to be a human. And it's like, if you take a single... DNA strand from a single cell and stretch it out, you can actually stretch it out to about six feet long, like about as tall as we are. So they're like, if you took uh, every DNA strand from your body, so in each cell, and stretched it out end to end, it would go to like the sun and back like 50 times or something. Something ridiculous. (laughs) I love that shit. Our listeners probably go, Nick and Ryan, I must love to party on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. It's like one strand of DNA contains the information of like a thousand book library. And it's, it's funny how like we've, like science has worked out, you know, this is what, you know, this is how much we know about DNA. And then they're saying the rest of it, they call it junk DNA. Right, like, like, like the we've got this part. It's like the majority. It's like ninety percent. They're like, oh, that's just junk DNA because we don't understand it. It's like, do you think evolution would have created this incredible DNA strand and just a whole bunch of it was was meaningless and junk? Yeah. It's just because we don't I don't understand how it all works yet. Well, it's, it's, I was talking to a client the other day about um, the unknown and how the unknown is such an amazing source of stimulus because it just triggers anxiety in people and we have to try and make sense of it and we have to try and fill that void we until we learn how to by nature we don't do well with nothingness and it's we we're constantly trying to 
jam things into it and our imagination will manifest and conjure and create all this stuff and just stick it in there and it's like it's it's, it's unnecessary you don't have to yeah yeah 100 it just i brought up a photo i took i was in a uh an english like english style pub thing here like a couple of weeks ago just having a beer and a bite to eat and there was a shakespeare quote on the wall and it was a fool thinks himself to be wise but a wise man knows himself to be a fool which is that space of just understanding that we know, we know yeah, bugger I, all I around what's know. going it's, on. I, I do that. Oh, I think I've done it with you before. It's you ask people where are we, mm. and they just keep going and going and going and going because they're afraid of saying I don't know where, and that leads back to that perfectionism, which probably leads into what we're going to talk about today a bit. The Brené Brown, stop being perfect, and yeah, it's. It's, uh, and, and, you know, the, those three toxic beliefs that I talk about, the antithesis for those is, is that we are all ignorant, we are all incompetent, and we are all mediocre to a degree, dot, 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 and that's okay because we are. We have to be. If you can't be at peace with how you don't know anything and everything, then you're just going to keep clutching and, and stretching. Yeah, because I don't think... I don't... Like, it's being human, isn't it? It's like... The, our human this is what I think about a lot too it's like the human brain how much is it capable of actually understanding and it's probably not capable of understanding like it's like um, we understand now that we can and we have for a long time that we can only see a very small sliver of the light spectrum and you know there's other animals and everything that can see you know infrared light and I'd love ex- to all, put on all some sunglasses and yeah. see energy Imagine yeah that. yeah yeah go do some ayahuasca or something <laughs> and um, and not. but then I wonder, like, yeah, you know, is there a, is there a cap to what our brain can actually understand and comprehend? Because there's there's this stuff that we're now, you know, and, and there's not going to, and the brain will keep evolving, I'm sure, to, to understand the universe more and more. But right now, like, we can't beat ourselves up for having a, a human mind because it has certain functions that it performs, yeah, well, and one of them is not being perfect. It needs limitations, I think. Um, otherwise, it falls into infiniteness. But you're also talking about how much the minds comprehend. And I think you've got to separate it into IQ and EQ. So we're all born with a certain level of IQ. We can't improve our IQ. But through neuroplasticity, we can increase our EQ, our emotional intelligence. We yeah. can learn to be more self-aware. We can learn more how to self-manage and self-regulate our emotions and we can learn how we're impacting on those around us, the ripple effect that we have. Are we are we toxic and spreading hurt because we're hurting or are we happy and we're spreading happiness? Um, and, so that's that why, and that's why, you know, we've spoken about so many times, like, you know, people just want to be happy and it's like, that there's no correlation, and they've actually done studies on this. There's no correlation between your IQ score and how happy you're going to be. Oh. <laughs> None at all. But but EQ, yes, yeah, Off you the develop scales. your EQ. And, then and that's all we're trying to help people to develop in here. And you talk to people, you tell someone you've got EQ, they're like, E what? Emotional intelligence? Oh yes, you've got emotions, and and you can develop them. You can, you know, that that circle of feelings that I showed you earlier now, so many people can't communicate and express what they're feeling because they don't know the term for their feeling so mm. a lot of the time they I've you know, spoken about before the client mistook peace for bored because she didn't know what she yep. was feeling 
So, and this is why it's important. Like I was just uh, editing out. I was going through the episode we did with um, Maddie Runnels from Mindful Oz last night, just editing out some clips. And um, the, the he said in that episode, you know, we're getting kids as young as three and four, mm. and just teaching them the five starting off with just the f- five basic human emotions and then so then like you're saying if if we're able to early on articulate what we're feeling it just it's a such a game changer because i remember for me my my i talk a lot about being anxious pretty much my whole life from the time like i remember from about grade three or so and but probably was before that but like back then thinking about it i didn't have that language I would never have said oh I'm anxious or you know I, I've, no got, I've got fear I just I had this sense of dread and I didn't have any language or framework to put around it whatsoever I just knew that I hated hated the feeling and would try and do whatever I could to not feel it well imagine if you broke your leg and you didn't know how to express that you were hurting you, you just go you'd go mad pretty much because you'd be like don't know what this is and you'd just be projecting all of that onto everyone else around you and so many people are doing that emotionally yep. you know they're emotionally injured um, you said something before that I was going to comment on but I forgot have I read this to you about the you are holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and bumps into you yes yeah so I've been reading that to a lot of clients lately and it's talking about when life happens what comes out of you you know you spilt the coffee not because someone bumped into you but because there was coffee in your cup i literally did spill coffee this morning too <laughs> I, I i i tripped up the stairs yeah because i'm like I, I get out and i'm like still in a bit of a haze and i go down and get out you know coffees and that from 7-Eleven and I try and run back up the, the stairs to try, to try and get the blood moving and get myself waking up and I stub my toe and um, smashed both my coffee and Mel's matcha. Did you know what you were feeling at the time? Or you were a- anger. Anger. <laughs> anger. I was pissed. Yeah. Why was there anger in your cup? Why did anger come out? Um, because I didn't I, uh, I didn't accept straight away that I just had to drive fucking back down to 7-Eleven and I had to get another coffee and another matcha and it was all over the steps. So was that anger a form of disappointment in yourself? Yes. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an inconvenience? It was, was, a, it was an inconvenience. Uh, it was going to take me another t- a whole 10 minutes, Nick. 10 minutes, yeah. So the anger, the anger moved through me in about, I would say, three minutes because I wow. recognised that I was pissed and I let that, myself be pissed. interesting? So I... I yeah, just compare us. I, if I had have run up the stairs and done that, I would have laughed and gone into laughter because I wasn't. Been funny. I wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it interesting? Like, so all of these people are trying to adults and be in adult relationships and and adult businesses and drive adult cars and everything, but they're operating. Uh, a lot of the time not in control of their emotional state so yeah. you know. and mine and mine is because i knew i was time restricted as well and that was probably the the biggest contributing factor which yeah. isn't once again it's irrational but it's it's it was a because i'm already like i'm pushing it for time with everything and then i uh stubbed the toe so there was a bit of physical pain involved as well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just these things so I, I i was angry and i'm like all right don't push it down like if you're angry be angry so i let myself be angry for a couple of minutes and then yeah. uh 
she was, then then it was funny. So you were you were stressed, you were under pressure because of the time constraints. I was under my own, but I put those yeah, yeah. pressures on but myself. You're still yeah. under it. You're still under it. So yeah. and that it reduced your capacity to laugh and, and just be free. Hundred percent. It? Like it's a tiny, tiny little example, and and I have mm. my moments of anger. I'm not comparing me to you or anything, but it's just a a funny little instance of how quickly we can disappear. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and and also for me, I one thing that I've been working on for like the last probably two years is I I have a lot of repressed repressed and suppressed anger and rage in my system. Right, because I, I, it got shut down at a very young age for me, and I, I, I literally were talking about like emotional intelligence for a long period of my life. For most of my life, I didn't know how to express anger, so I didn't know how to be angry, basically, right? Because as soon as anger would come up, I would start freaking out. Because anger is a very, especially in men, like anger is a very. There's a lot of power in anger. And, and if we, it's been shut down and we have a negative association early on in life, then we sort of get a bit scared of it when we get older because it's like the, the damage that can be done and has been done by humanity with the, with the emotion of anger. So um, oftentimes now when things come up and make me angry, I won't project it on anyone, but I'll let myself get very, very angry because it's like a whole new world for me the last few years being able to actually uh, not just feel but actually... Uh, not beat myself up for being angry and let myself get angry. My clients listening, when you said, um, you know, and, and it makes me angry, I can hear or my clients go, it didn't make you angry, Ryan. Your reaction to the stimulus was to create anger within yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I can hear you going, fucking Nick and his semantics. I um, know, semantics, bloody words. So anyway. With, with that repressed emotion okay so you 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 bottled them all up mm-hmm. do you think that like because when, when you say there's a lot of power it makes me think about there's a lot of uh, i think it's yin energy that's heat there's a lot of uh yang yang, yang is heat sorry yeah yep. so yang is heat there's a lot of hotness about anger it's a it's a you know and i don't think it's a male or female thing it's just a do you do you think and i think we should talk to deb about this the the how how into astrology and oh and all that are you like the the Saturn is your ruling body and you're an Earth person and your yeah. your spirit animal your nature and everything like are, is there more Yin people who if they trip up the stairs we we could link a commonality between them uh, and that old will get angry because they are more Yang people and mm. more yin people would laugh so yeah I, I don't know i'm i'm not i'm neither here nor there with like the astrology stuff i'm open to it but i'm not someone who jumps dives right into it um melissa's you know right into that um just for me i think you know because i'm still working with my like i repressed my anger and rage for uh you know the best part of more than two decades probably 20 25 years Right. So does that mean it's stored within you? Does that mean it's yes, bottled yes, up? Yes, yes, yes. In your system, so you're still. Yes. Does it have to come out as anger, or can it come out in a different way? I've just made a conscious decision. Not I would, I'm not going to project it, but I'm not. I'm not going to block it anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
So Check. all that repressed anger, though, it's like you've stored it in a warehouse deep within you somewhere. Mm. Does that all need to come out? Do you need to go and yell and scream and punch and kick? Yes. And yes. You do? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like for it's like a, you know, that warehouse was was bursting at the seams. You know, you couldn't fit one more piece of furniture or anything else in the warehouse so it was full mm. so now it's been my process to remove the biggest items in there early on mm. but now I just want to keep purging and keep releasing whatever anger comes up for me and so, if that does if that does mean going and yelling in the middle of the bush or punching a pillow and that kind of thing I, I will do that because I find that extremely helpful for that process. So you've got to purge your old anger while also not accumulating releasing. anymore. Yeah, releasing yeah, what's yeah. popping up. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 this two prong thing. And like I said, I've 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 done a lot with it, but it's still an ongoing process because, as I said, it's been you know you do it for twenty twenty five years, then you do get a fairly full cup, and it's uh, it won't take twenty twenty five years to get rid of it all. But I mean, it might take a couple, a few years. So you know. it's, it makes me think about my childhood and I repressed a lot of stuff and I went to mum when I was about 30 and had a chat with her. I was so confused. Which part of me is me? Which part of me is my biological dad? Which part of me is my stepdad? Which part of me is you? I was, I was just a mess. I was all over the shop. And mum is very empathetic as well and you know, she, she's a nurse for a living. And she just created this space and held me in that space. And... Um, just through her own way, she opened me up and I started crying. And it was a deep, I can't explain it, but it was a deep, deep, it hit to the very core of who I was and released every pent-up emotion I was feeling. So if that was anger, it came out as sorrow, it came out as a tear. So, and I felt I felt empty after that, I felt so clean, mm. I felt my warehouse had just fallen over pretty much so does your anger have to come out as anger or can it come out as no 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 because anger is often a secondary emotion so anger is often covering up sadness or hurt or fear mm. yeah so that's why um no there's a lot of a lot of crying goes on for me as well yeah, okay. um, a, a lot of purging you know because yeah. like as i said that 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 makes total sense in that situation like even if there was anger for you like the sadness is just underneath a lot of the time a lot of the clients we work with once we yeah work through anger, there is often this just a deep crying afterwards because mm. anger is it's like the big bodyguard standing over the sadness, going you're not going to get here, you're not gonna, you're not going to get to this sadness, yeah. and so we well, get so angry. Like, so, and ang- it's funny, anger is like the bodyguard, and anxiety was like the bodyguard. It prevented me from leaving my house. So it's yep. it's funny how our emotions are so designed to protect us. Yeah, it? yeah. I was I had I literally had a, a client this week, and it was yeah really interesting to watch because it was. I can see this deep well of sadness uh, in them and and the more now I've spoken, I'm like, this well's going to be quite deep. And I could see that the sadness was, it's ready to come out and there was uh, three times throughout the session that um, it started, bang, the tears started coming up and within a second, maybe two seconds, it just shot to anger. The anger kept trying to protect it and all of a sudden the sadness comes up and it's like I'm so pissed off that we're in lockdown and blah 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 and I'm like oh you just look what you've done every time this sadness starts to get up for expression it's too scary so the anger just starts to go hang on let me be active and and distract and it was this interesting process to watch of the sadness coming up and then being shut down by the the bodyguard of anger and I think 
the the scary bit about being emotional is being vulnerable we talk about it all the time metanoia breaking down and people are so afraid to break down because they've identified with their emotions i am angry i am anxious i am this and if i if i remove the bodyguard tap into the sadness express the sadness and release it all uh, then who am I? And and so I think people hold on to these feelings because they identify with them so deeply. It's it's this um, yeah I can't break down. It's a it's a bad thing to break down. Yeah yeah, and that's why you know for me not consciously but subconsciously it's just this massive capital letters with exclamation marks. Anger is wrong or anger is bad. Like don't be angry. So that's why as soon as anger will come up, it will just get just shoved down there very, very quickly and very, very unconsciously. And then, you know, the, the work, once I started, you know, I woke up and stopped using drugs and started to unpack this stuff, I just found this, you know, there was so much sadness in me and all that other stuff. But then I, I'd all of a sudden found this warehouse <laughs> full of anger. I'm like, wait, well, I didn't see this before. And it's really full. And so it's... um. It's been an interesting process. It's like it's like you're just creating a different relationship with anger, because we need anger, right? Yeah, totally. Now it's too overreactive in a lot of people, and it was in me this morning because I stubbed my toe and there was a time restriction and blah blah blah, all the stupid reasons why. But um, we have these emotions for a reason, so anger's there to let people know this is where my boundaries are. It's like if we were, well, maybe not us, you know, we're pretty we're close, but like say if I say to a client, like, you know, what if we started our first session and I came and sat on your knee and started doing the session from there, like this close to your face, right? You tell me to fuck off. Like get off the lap. You know, well, you- it depends how woke you are, because if you if it, I reckon there would be some people out there that would ha- be so un unaffected they, they wouldn't have anything that, that would trigger that anger they would be com- com- perfectly at peace and comfortable within themselves okay so if you okay sat on their lap all right let me use a different example right no, different you example come from i do i do but now now let's go let's say this woke person who's you know expelled all this anger and even you could sit on their lap and it'd be funny and you know there wouldn't be that emotion um what if you know Let's say I'm that woke person. I'm not that woke, okay? But let's yeah. say I am. And let's say tonight someone breaks in the house at midnight and wants to attack my family, Tommy and Mel. Yeah, and I don't have the and I don't have the emotion of anger to tap into. Yeah. What's the question? <laughs> well, well, like imagine that woke person, and they're like, you're saying there's no anger in the system anymore. They would need anger in that situation. You can't peacefully defend your family from an attacker with a knife or something. You know, this is this is such a great discussion because it it comes up over and over and over again. In my work, we talk about necessary and unnecessary suffering. So, mm-hmm. yes, you're going to get angry. You're human. You're going to get anxious. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to get sad or stuck. But the unnecessary suffering comes when you remain in it and you compound yes. it and stay in that negative cycle. But then we talk about where where are your boundaries so um, Tibet peaceful Buddhist country love 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 and then the Chinese come and invaded what were the Tibetans to do were they to compromise their own values and beliefs and fight back or were they to sit back and be passive and be run over or were they to run away and I don't have the answer and mm. a client yesterday you know, it keeps popping up all the time this 
it's going to keep coming up until I find the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this client brought it in and about COVID, he goes, mate, I can't sit back and accept this. I can't deal with this. I can't just live this. It's so unauthentic. It's, mm-hmm. it's bullshit. And I said, yeah, but you are so angry and your anger's not helping you. So we're like, where's that middle ground with acceptance and being at peace and also then stepping up and fighting for your values? Now, he was doing it past the healthy point. But in your case, someone comes in. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a really interesting. I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to put different people in that position and see how they all either react or respond. Like imagine Ram Das in his house and someone breaks yeah. in and they're going to attack his family. What, what, would, what would Ram Das have done? I, I imagine he would get angry and, yeah. and defend his family. But you can still get angry and accept that because that's the reality. Yeah. yeah, someone shouldn't be breaking into my house. Like, nah, like it's happening. <laughs> like, get angry and protect your family. So, so what would what would the Buddha have done? Or yeah, but this, have, but this what, is what, where this is where and things because you know there's obviously the the images in Buddhism of Mara and Mara shooting arrows at the Buddha and he just remains still under the Bodhi tree and all that kind of stuff. But these these become metaphors now. They're not actual what real. So this is why and I. I, I love Buddhism and all that, but even the Buddha now has become a metaphor because I don't know what the real Buddha would have done, right? And he's and he's now being worked because I'm in Thailand now and they they like worship Buddha as a god yeah. and I'm like this was just a dude and he said he wasn't a god but like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's it's just a dude. But then we have all these metaphors where you would say he would sit peacefully and happily, you know, get attacked himself or have his family murdered and would still sit in stillness. But I don't believe the actual person would have done that at all. Yeah, and I think it comes back to balance. Do you, do you become woke past a healthy point? You know, is uh, uh, past a logical or rational point? I don't know. We're gonna have, we're gonna have to get Catherine Ingram on the podcast because I have so many questions for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to find, I need to seek that truth and find that answer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So for me, the anger stuff because I am. Um, it was running me into health issues as well, like my back, you know. I, I read a, a book, I already knew that I was, there was an issue with my back and with this anger. Then I read a book by uh, Dr. Sarno. It's an old book now called Healing Back Pain. And he basically attributes all of back pain to something he calls TMS, Tension Myostatus Syndrome, which is basically repressed rage. Um, what, was, what was the book called? He, just called Healing Back Pain. And it's by Do- Dr. Sarno. I can't remember his first. John? Yeah, anyway, Dr. Sarno. It'll come S-A-R-N-O, healing. Uh, S-A-R-N-O. S-A-R-N-O. I believe. Asking and, um, for a friend. Asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really, really uh, interesting. And um, I know that as, as I've been purging, you know, my anger and rage, my back's gotten better. And I've done, and I've done all the physical therapies you can think of yeah. and all that kind of jazz with little to no benefit. But the emotional stuff, and that's not to say there is physical, you know, shit that happens yeah, to it. You know, like with your knee, you know, your fit, yeah. knee's banged up, right? I'm not going to sit here and say what emotions that that's <laughs> keeping your knee. But there, there's times that the, the the machine gets hurt. But um, you know, my back pain just sort of there was just progressed over the years. You know. Yeah. Well, it's the chi, it's the energy, it's the life force, it's the flow, it's blockages, it's it's all of that. Um, yeah. 
it's, so, it's so I'm like so so for so for me back to the original event so for me like I'm just like I encourage anger within myself which is kind of a, a weird thing you know I don't want to uh, intentionally get angry at stuff but if there's a little like, let's say you've got your stimulus and your response and there's yeah. the gap yeah. if I get the stimulus yeah and I can feel just some in that gap I'm like I've got an option to get angry or not here I'll let myself get angry as a response because but that, like, that anger is a is an emotional disturbance. Yeah. So you're imagine ideally our emotions are a calm lake. It's equanimity. Mm. Yeah. And anger, guilt, anxiety, depression, they're emotional disturbances. And they're created by an attachment to a desired outcome. I'm not getting what I want. What I wanted was to get up these stairs <laughs> without falling over. I did so, want that. I did yeah, want that. Yeah, and it's understandable. And so imagine how many tiny little attachments we create that then prevent us from being able to step into that space and observe the situation objectively. It's going to trigger. So someone breaking into your house with a knife, you're attached to a desired outcome for your family to remain safe. It's a yes. pretty fucking yeah, yeah. and reasonable. Yeah. But that is going to make you reactive. So you won't have the capacity to sit and observe and watch this man come in. Your only course of action is to get angry and use violence to try and prevent him from being violent towards people you love. Mm -hmm. So in the military, we had to train ourselves out of that reactiveness. We had to sit there and observe because if you're in wartime and you turn a corner and you see someone and you pull the trigger, chances are it's going to be a friendly so mm -hmm. you have to learn how to be observant and then make a decision in that space between stimulus and responding because if we keep continuing to, to mindlessly react all the time then we're not in the driver's seat we're not actually choosing how we think and feel and behave true true but i was aware that i was reacting yeah, because so you've done the work that you're you're not the thought, you're the awareness and observation of the thought. So you're observing yourself in anger because you've done yeah. the work and you're that woke. But it's um, in, cho in choosing that anger, we didn't really choose it. You just allowed yourself to be angry because you did, you couldn't let go of the attachment. True, true. And because I've, I've I've as I said, I think I've just I've gone down the other this is what I do I kind of go on the other end of the spectrum and I'm a bit I'm a bit too cautious now about pushing anger back down so if it comes up I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna I want to feel anger right I want to actually feel it feel it in me and then move through my system so once again that helps me with this relationship of purging so when something actually you know bigger than that happens or that wasn't you know that disastrous you know stubbing my toe and dropping the coffee but like when something else happens then i'm able to sit with that as well and let so that move through my system i call that anger falling up the stairs i call that unnecessary suffering and what mm. we're trying to do is just to help people reduce the amount of unnecessary suffering they're experiencing so it's just an acceptance that i did i did that and that's okay and and i hear what you're saying about i want to feel the emotion and I get that and it's important to not bottle it up. It's important to release whatever comes up. You know, when your cup is rattled, whatever's in the cup needs to come out. Mm. But we're just trying to change what's in people's cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've just had to remove a lot of anger from my cup. Yeah. And um, But you can only remove the anger by removing the attachments to what you think should have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the the whole thing, like you said, it's distress. Like, oh, I'm in a rush and blah, 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 and I've got to do this and that. And it's all self-imposed. Um, 
rubbish. But it's like I, I it's it's hard to describe. It's like an inner feeling. But it's like it's like for me with anger. It's like for my life. Imagine like the lid was starting to come off um, some sort of pressurized can yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And as soon as it would start to come off, it would just get shut down. And it was that kind of feeling just for years and years and years. So now just whenever, and, and it mightn't be a big thing like it was this morning, it was a small thing. But when the lid comes off, I just, I just like to encourage that, that anger, that lid to come fully off. Yeah, that just helps me. It's a two-step approach. It's A, validate what you're feeling. So I'm feeling angry. Don't suppress it. Let the fucking stuff out. All right? mm. Validate and acknowledge and accept whatever you're feeling. Yeah, it's okay. You've got emotions. Feel them. But then look at, am I choosing to feel that? And if the answer is no more than yes, then we've got to look at how do we... It's, it's cause and effect. The effect is anger. The effect is that, that pressure building up. Okay, yeah, we need to release it, but we can also not uh, not create so much pressure to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are we choosing? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's me walking up the stairs anyway. Yeah. Well, I hope you chose okay. I, I'm going into compassion for you that, that you were hurt, it's, injured, it's emotionally gonna bruise. physically. I'm not hurting emotionally anymore. Well, it's just the toe. The just the toe now. That's all right. This is a sore toe. Okay, so I think, once again, we're, we, we're just talking about what, what are we going to talk about today, and this has come up really organically, listeners. But um, we did play around with the idea of numbing, and I think we're talking about emotions. And anger, does it feel good to be angry? Well, yeah, well we're about to go down another rabbit hole here. I know, let's Beca- do it. Yeah, let's do it. Because... Um, Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good to release the anger, but it doesn't feel good to have the anger, I think. Because ang- like anger's very powerful, yes. right? And it's and it's there's nothing wrong with feeling powerful when you're in your when you're in your power in the in a positive way, right? Yeah. So it's like it's like we and this is what men do especially. It's like we just we shut down this anger because we're worried about uh being destructive. Yeah, because the truth is, like, and this is going to sound pretty weird and morbid, but like, I'm a six foot two, 95 kilo dude. I can walk down the shops here in Thailand and I could basically, and this is going to sound extreme, I could kill everybody in the local shops down here, right? Okay, that's how much power we have, right? So if we get scared of that power, now I'm not going to do that. I'm a nice dude. I've bloody never been in a fight in my life, right? But it's like I, I understand that there's this power inside me that I could harm just. It could cause so much destruction, right? Mm. And, and then it's like it's like what Jung would say. It's like knowing, you know, you was it Jung who said this? It might, no, no, Jordan Peterson. But anyway, about you know, knowing that being like a Nazi, one of the guards in a Nazi camp, that's in you. People say I could never do that. It's like no, no, you need to acknowledge that yes, you could do that, but you're choosing not to. This comes back to the choosing thing again. So, like, we get very afraid of the... Men get very afraid of the power that's in anger because we feel like we're going to choose to use it in a destructive way as opposed to a a constructive way. That's why it's a yes or no for me. I used to be afraid of loving people because I love very deeply and often people weren't prepared to be loved with the amount of love that I could give. So I I would suppress my love for a while. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I had that's temporary. yeah, makes so much sense. I had that with joy. 
Like <laughs> 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 look at us love and joy, just suppress it. Yeah. yeah. Because because what would ha- because what would happen uh when I was a kid, I was very like uh, expressive you know kind of and I was I was always trying to you know get the attention all that kind of stuff so my dad would always stay and I was always after my dad's approval stop showing off yeah Ryan stop showing off like that's it was really burnt in deeply so I had this thing whenever that joy because when we when we got real joy come up out of us it's like we're not we don't give a fuck what other people think like in the Ah. most part apart from my dad we just just let it pour out of us you know so for then as a kid to be told by the person who you look up to yeah, the most, like, you know, stop showing off, stop showing off. So all of a sudden, joy just got squashed. So then I got to be an adult and I was doing the same thing. <laughs> and, it yes. would take, and it would take drugs and alcohol for me to let that joy out without the worrying, because there's less inhibition, without that worry of, you know. Yeah, the anxiety. So that, that your dad imposing his beliefs onto you created an anxiety, which created a barrier for your, to stop your joy from coming out. Yeah, which I, is, I think, I, so important for people to know because people just think of suppression as of the heavier emotions like guilt, shame, anger, yeah, fear, yeah, sadness, yeah. hurt, but we can do it with love and joy, like, well, for example. Our dads might have hung out at some stage because my dad, <laughs> <laughs> what, what got burnt into my brain was stop being so sensitive. Yeah. And that was his thing. It was stop being so sensitive. I've done the work on it and I've stepped out of it and I can stand it now and he it was just he was confused he didn't understand he didn't have the the vocabulary to to meet me on that level or whatever and so he was he, yeah, he was trying to make his life easier by yeah. by trying to suppress me and I have no anger or bitterness or resentment towards him it, he was a lovely man um, and he did the best he could but it was yeah it was interesting for me and I didn't you know, and as an empath, I'm, I'm this little kid running around going, I feel this and I feel this and I can I can yeah. pick this up. I had an imaginary friend for God's sake and I'm like, oh, we're doing this and it's awesome. He would have been looking at me like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like he's a, from the country, a footy player, you know, he doesn't go down that deep. Um, yep. Not that he showed anyone. And so, yeah, it was just stop being so sensitive. So that really conditioned me and forged me into this oh god I can't be sensitive it's a bad thing and that created so much anxiety within me and so much oh because you're you're so out of alignment then internally completely and as for you yeah just completely out of alignment we stop being our genuine and authentic selves and that's what takes us off our path and we're not in alignment we're not online and so if we get lost and confused and then well, where am I and okay that's where I need coping mechanisms I need drugs I need alcohol I mm. need all these things to, to numb what I'm feeling out here because it's not it's not where I need to be yeah yeah it's it's this really out of alignment thing I had another one as well don't know if I've spoken about this one before but when um when we had Tommy and um I would just whenever he would have a tantrum because I know consciously like we've you know we, me and Mel both practice, you know, attachment parenting. We've like, I'm so proud of the way that we've raised you up until this point. And um, but what would happen every time we throw a tantrum? I'd get this voice, and I never said it. I never external. I'll just get this sh- this voice in the back of my head going, "Stop being a fucking sook," right? And I and I, I never said that to Tommy, but this is what would the voice in my head would say. 
And then I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what dad used to say to me when I was crying when I was younger, right? Yeah. So it's the, it's not even our voice, yeah? It's just this stuff oh, we I picked had, up. I had the same thing with puppy when I had a dog when I grew up and was an adult and was able to get my own dog. And I remember getting this puppy and because it was pain shitting everywhere and I, I was so emotionally immature and I didn't know what to do, I would feel this anger rise through me, right. this fury like you and I was just like fuck and I'd grab this dog and I'd, I'd catch myself really holding this dog tightly and I'd, I'd let it go in shock and I'd be like wait the fuck this isn't who I am this is what's that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember it was dad didn't know how to um, handle me so he'd like throw potatoes at me you know at the dinner table and he'd, he'd have this outburst he, he couldn't control me and so in not being able to control me he couldn't control himself and that's the exact behavior i was exhibiting with this poor little dog and i was i was like Fuck, sorry yeah <laughs> yeah it's just these these things that we pick up that aren't ours and then you have to I, accept it I, I love how that dog I love how I chose, or I don't know how I did it, but I I, I found a way for that dog to be a teacher for me because okay. it was it was reflecting my behaviour to me. It was a, a mirror. It was you know it, it would yeah. trigger me, and that it just showed me how much work I had to do on myself. What so. am I choosing? Yeah, this is, yeah. seems to be the theme. This is the theme of the 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 today's episode so far. Is what am I choosing? And that's right. And that's why in most cases. And, you know, that when that voice in my head would come up, like, and I, as I said, I never said it. But if I'm unconscious and I'm not aware that I have these thought patterns and emotional patterns and that life, everything is a mirror and just reflecting back where we're stuck, then all I do is I just say it, right? So I tell my son, don't be a fucking sook. Like, yeah. I would have said that if I wasn't aware, right? And then, but I recognize that my dad probably got told that by his dad, probably way worse, <laughs> probably worse, probably got hit as well, you know, my dad never hit me, right? Yeah. And um, and so it's like that, what am I choosing, yeah? So but at least, because you don't have, if we're not aware, we don't have a choice. Well, yeah? I, I, my client this morning, I chatted to him and I'm working with him and his partner separately and she's spoken to me about some of the times that he's been verbally not aggressive but makes it personal like just tries to put her down and we had a chat about that this morning I said mate I've known you for two years you're this this isn't genuine and authentic to who you are where's this coming from and unpacked it and you know it's past relationships and the conditioning from those past relationships he's trying to protect himself in this one and but I said to him you know, and in Buddhism you know, the eightfold path of right speech right intention right awareness we need we need to if if we're not present, we can't listen to the words that we're using, or we can't choose the actions and behaviour that we're employing. Mm-hmm. So it all comes back to you know those three irrational beliefs: I must be loved, I must get what I want. I wasn't getting what I wanted with that little puppy dog, yeah. And so it was such an irrational behaviour. You should not pee inside this is like a 12 week old puppy dog uh, it's yeah. it's not on the puppy it's not it's just it's nature this is totally yeah. on me wholly on me it's like and going I, up to a tree and just saying can you just stop growing branches and leaves yeah, for fuck's yeah. sake well, your branches are so dumb can you so can bent. you grow a car or something <laughs> god's sake hey apple tree you're dumb can you grow peaches instead yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's exactly what it's like. And so yeah. I've done that with my partner. Her nature is very different to mine. She's a butterfly and I'm a turtle. And I caught myself a little bit early on wishing she was more like me. But I quickly stepped out of that and just started appreciating her nature and started, you know, which made me fall in love with her even more. I was able to just love her for how she was. And yeah, she's not yeah. perfect, but neither am I. But it was stepping out of it and stop making it about me and what do I want. Uh -huh. It actually gave me the ability to observe, to be aware, to choose. It gave me, gave me that freedom. And, and, you, and that's, that is a deeper love then because all of a sudden it's like I... I'm not in love with an image in my mind of how I want my partner to be. I'm in love with her exactly as she is right now. That's that's, that's so much deeper because we're all everyone. We just have this mental construct of what our partner or what our friend or whoever family member, you know, how they should be behaving, behaving, and all this kind of stuff. And um, it's just it's not that's not acceptance at all. That's just oh. us trying to, you know, when we're talking about awareness, like I have a little diagram that um. I get clients to sort of put on their wall as well and I think you start each day and it's just I've probably spoken about it before but it's so simple it's like you put a little circle at the top and then three circles underneath and you put a line to each circle and so the top circle's just got I, me whatever you want to put up there right That's, ego yeah uh, no 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 this is like the, this top circle we could talk about the top circle for a long time <laughs> but it's, it's let's just call it awareness okay. for now right alright and then the three circles are, are OW, outside world, T, thoughts, E, emotions. So all that we're going to be aware of for that day and every other day of our bloody life are, are those three things. They're pretty broad categories, but all we're going to be aware of is we have the outside world, so information coming in through our senses, me stubbing my toe this morning, that was information coming in through my senses, people, places, situations, right? We're very, very aware of that. And then we're all aware that we have a voice in our head that talks and shows us images. We're aware that we have thoughts and we're aware that we feel. We've got emotions, right? And that's all that we're going to be aware of that day. Now, most people just pay attention to the outside world and they're not aware of their thoughts and emotions because they don't take time to say, hey, I'm committed today to being aware of all three of those things, not just the outside world. And that's why people try and change the outside world because they get these unconscious disturbances in their thoughts and emotions and go, what can I change? What can I change? What can I change to make myself feel better? Well, and so that, I, that, I need this to happen in order to be happy. So and that and that starts that's the ch chasing of the rainbow, where it's like yeah. I'll, I'll always need more because because the problem is, the issue is that by changing the outside world, it works only for a short amount of time, but it works because like uh, I I get that you know if I wanted to have ten thousand dollars in my account or I want this new car, it's like when I get it, I I end desire. Yeah. So I enter desirelessness, which means I'm content, which means I'm happy, which is what most people want. Yeah. But unfortunately, because it's all I'm doing is trying to alter the outside world, it's external to me, then all of a sudden, a few days later, a few hours later, a week later, I enter desire again, and that never ends. But it actually creates more of an issue. Every time you get what you want, it conditions you to, to remain in desire because right. you're getting that little chemical... A fluctuation in your brain that makes you feel really good and I've, I've possessed this I've, I've obtained it I've got it I've, I've achieved it but yeah. it's so fleeting so it's just yeah, we just get mixed up because we're like oh the car that made me feel this way it's like no you that, that state of desirelessness you did that 
yeah. it wasn't actually the car you did that but people that, can't it's hard to understand because it's it's really it seems very obvious at the time that this thing made me feel this way but we did it in the end yeah and that's why we, you've got to be responsible for our own happiness go back to tend to your own garden and it ha- happened to me last night I've had a big week open up a new space um, and seen lots of clients this week and I got home and last night I could feel you know when you feel your brain's fried you feel yep. that you're, you're <laughs> I've had it three times this week <laughs> <laughs> and I caught myself in because I've worked hard to try and develop this awareness and to be in that space and I observed the thought that I would like a, I would like a glass of wine mm-hmm. and I observed that thought and I pondered it I was like you don't want a glass of wine you want to feel better because your brain is fried mm-hmm. and what you so you want a glass of wine but what you actually need is water and you need some food and you need to go for a walk in nature you need to go down to the beach you need to just just chill out a bit what you don't need is a bottle of wine and eight hours of netflix yeah so but once it comes back to that choice i could i could choose to go into that down that path because i was present and mindful and in the moment and and so many people haven't developed that capacity that skill yeah, because they're just not watching. They're just not, no. well, what's, what, do I, what do I actually want it for? I want it to make, make it feel that way, yeah. So go, back, that to feel- that, go back to the, just quickly, of that, um, you know, when I was able to observe my partner's nature and just, just appreciate it and sit in gratitude w- w- with that. Um, and what I was doing is I was making it about her, I wasn't making it about me. So there's no ego involved. And there's this beautiful quote by Thomas Merton, And he says, the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. Mm. And don't try and twist them. Don't try and change them. Don't don't wish or want to hope that they're different because you're just trying to make them like you. If if I wanted to be with a turtle, I'll go and find a turtle. Don't try and turn a butterfly into a turtle. You, you no, know, no, it's 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 not going to work. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good quote. Yeah, a lot of people get into trouble as well because the w- when we meet someone, we go into a state of infatuation, and once again, we we go into that state of infatuation because we're just not uh, aware as well. <laughs> like if we were aware that we were in a state of infatuation, it would be okay, but we're not. So we go into infatuation because it's exciting. Oh my God, this new partner. Remember, remember the, the times I called you when I was in infatuation with Emma. Yeah. And you, you could hear that it wasn't me. You could hear I was not myself. My mind was so distorted and bent out of shape. I was fucked. I was lost. <laughs> I had no capacity. I was like a... I, I told you, I felt like a spud. I couldn't even speak to her. <laughs> it was such an amazing experience. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a great time watching that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what happens... So we do... we. We, we go into infatuation, which means now instead of this human being which has a perfect balance of positive and negative, yin and yang, or this, this human being over here that's just the them, we, we, all of this stuff that we would deem as negative, we can't see it because we're infatuated. So all we see is like some sort of demigod, this perfect oh, being. They're up, they're, they're up on the pedestal. They're up on the pedestal. So that's why we get a bit funnier and like, oh, God, they're amazing and blah, blah, blah. 
then we get into a relationship and around the two to three month mark, uh, guess what? Infatuation wears off. <laughs> they've done some research about the love chemical and how it does stop. And it, it, we need that infatuation, that love chemical, because we need to procreate. So mm. that's all about keeping humanity going. But then, yeah, it wears off and you start looking at you, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but it's, well, what happens, you, all of a sudden, all of this, this negative stuff over here that you couldn't see, now you can see it. And it's always yeah. been there. Yeah. Right, so it's not their fault, but so, but what? What do people say? Like, oh no, nah, she's changed. She's changed. She's, she's so she's totally different. Like she was fine those first few she months. Used like to she do was this sweet. She does that. Yeah. So, so it's just this. It's so funny to watch, and so that's why so many relationships hit issues at that two to three month mark. It's like now I've got a choice. Like, am I? Can I love this whole human being in their perfect expression of? who they are in this life or am I going to just hold on to this image in my mind of how I want them to be which was this just because I had oxytocin and shit running through my system for a little bit that I've created this uh, potential that can't be lived up to and that's one we see a lot like a lot of people you know we've worked with in relationship and they stay in relationship because they're obsessed with the potential yeah this moment this snapshot you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, that's the, such a valuable thing. It, I mean, it, it's valuable. I'm glad to it because it cost me a lot of money in the separation. But it's, I was living in the potential of what I thought could have happened. Yep. And I, I talked over to my clients. If we're not present and, and in deep and unconditional acceptance, we're going to be in the reality of what we think should happen, the reality of what we think could potentially happen, or what we would do if, if we had our choice and all three of those realities and and not real Mm. you know they don't exist when we go into acceptance we live in the reality of what is and then we can experience the disturbance we can experience it oh i don't feel good around this person okay i probably shouldn't be with them then we can actually once again it comes back to being present and in the moment we can make decisions we have choice again choice yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the sh- should and shouldn't are swear words in my sessions. So, so like I'll I'll swear like a sailor in sessions, and the client will say blah 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 should and like ah, you just yeah, swore, I'm the you same. just swore. <laughs> <laughs> but but so for the listeners out there, just catch once again, go into awareness and try and be yeah. mindful and listen to your own words, and hear how often you say would, should, or could, and mm-hmm. and oh, oh well, I would do that well it doesn't matter what you would do it doesn't not matter or it could happen it could happen but it could not happen as well so once again it does not matter and Mm. it should happen why should it happen just because you believe it happened you've got a belief that it should happen it's not you are not a universal law we do not all subscribe unto you so a lot of people would be like why not that doesn't make sense to me (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was the center of the universe yeah, I thought. I <laughs> so when oh, when, when someone gets upset, it's not because of universal law. It's not because you know the law of gravity or physics or nature has been broken. It's just a personal law that has been compromised. It's a personal belief. I don't believe that we should be in lockdown. Okay, that's great. That's that's a, that's good. Have that belief, but if you hold on to that belief and freeze time within that belief you are going to suffer because mm-hmm. you're not in the reality of what is until you put yourself in a position where you are the premier of victoria or the prime minister of australia it doesn't matter what you believe ultimately 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I think it's a hard it's, truth. It's a hard truth again. It's a hard truth. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's okay. It's okay to have that belief, but you also need to be anchored in reality as well. So it's okay to say, I because I I'm not in Melbourne. I'm, I'm a bit lucky we got out right. But I'm like I, I don't believe Melbourne should be in lockdown. However, I accept that Melbourne is in lockdown. Right. So I, they, they need to coexist. But if I was in, if I so if I was deeply touched and believed that Victoria shouldn't be in lockdown, I would be in deep suffering. So the depth of my suffering, anger, is in direct relation to the depth of my attachment to the belief. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep. So if I'm in suffering, when I hear Ryan say, "Oh, I'm not in Victoria. I got out," that would trigger my pain that I'm creating within myself and then I would get angry and upset at you and I'm oh you fuckhead I can't believe you <laughs> yeah yeah whatever you prick fucking laugh it up why don't you I am <laughs> but because I because I, I'm glad you are but because I don't have that attachment to that belief I am once again free I have a choice and I can choose to to be happy for you but I can't be happy for you until I am happy within myself I can't give from an empty cup. I can't give away something I don't have. So if I don't have happiness within me, I can't be happy for my friend Ryan, who's in beautiful Thailand with his beautiful family, you know? And so that devalues me as a person if I'm holding on to these irrational beliefs. Yes, yeah. So how, how attached am I to that belief? And that's a choice as well. Yeah, so... My, you, you had fleeting anger this morning because your belief that I should get up these stairs was was only tiny. So it was a tiny attachment which created a tiny disturbance. Yes. Yeah. But if you're deeply attached to thinking Victoria should not be in lockdown, your anger is going to match the depth of that attachment. Yes, and I think so. And our attachment will deepen when we don't accept the reality. You know what I mean? So it's like, look, here's 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 reality. So 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 Victoria, Melbourne's in lockdown, yeah. and here's my belief. Yeah. So now, if I if I just if I can't accept this, and then I'm super attached to that, then yeah, I'm suffering will go through the roof. Yeah, well, uh, the, the reality of what is is in so much contrast to the reality of what you think should. Mm. They're gonna clash, and they're not gonna mix. They're not gonna marry. They're not gonna you know come together so that's why we need to live in acceptance of what is and from in there then we can start working to change it if we don't think it's healthy or if we don't like it but it's if you hold it at arm's length think of something personal like i, I want to lose weight if you're in denial of the fact that you need to lose weight or you hate how fat you are i, I believe i should be skinny yeah so all of a sudden you're stuck in that belief, that's going to create more disturbances, which is going to need more numbing. That pain's going to need more numbing. So if you actually embrace the fact and acceptance and go, all right, I am overweight. That's not ideal. That's not aligned with how I'd like to be at this point in my life. All right, I'm going to own that and I'm going to start working towards changing that. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's you so can only, You can only change things from within them, not from outside of them. No, no, yeah, and and one thing we do as well is we then these attachments that we have to these certain beliefs, then we try and find things to confirm them as oh. well. So we try and people have more died because deeply of their People have literally that's how wars. Died. That's how wars start. <laughs> totally, it's my my. And this comes back to it's different. We don't like things that are different. So mm-hmm. think of a couple. 
my beliefs are different to yours we're going to argue that's a micro go to macro this country doesn't like that country's beliefs or religion or whatever that's going to create an argument which is mm-hmm. war basically but um, what was I saying before the confirming the beliefs yeah, yeah people to... die people have read yeah. that stubbing you can die of cancer from stubbing your toe and they'll read that and because they're so susceptible they will take on that belief and they'll they'll drop dead they'll do an autopsy are you saying oh, so I'm going to die from cancer is that what if you're saying if you have the belief that you, uh, <laughs> think you can that's crazy this, but this is this comes back to this is what our minds are capable of my mind was that powerful that it could disable me and stop me from leaving a house yeah, that's how yeah. bent out of shape my mind was. That's how deeply irrational and deeply disturbed my mind was. That's mm-hmm. my mental health was that out of shape. You know, dying of cancer from stubbing your toe—that's fucking next level. <laughs> yeah, like it's like um the like flat earthers and that kind of thing, right? And I'd I'd love I'd love to know like the people who started it probably did it as a joke, and then it just got so it just like honestly, and now it's, it got so much legs because what happens? People like to be different as well. So it's like, oh, I'm going to have this different belief. They don't admit that to themselves, but people like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they'll start searching for things to confirm it. And so they enter what you call a, uh, an echo chamber of confirmation bias. So you can jump on YouTube and search the reasons why the Earth's flat. And after an hour, you'll be pretty, you can get pretty convinced because you're only hearing one side of the argument. <laughs> so you're stuck with one-sided you know, videos that people have made and then people that are commenting that agree with that belief. And all of a sudden, you can just get that belief cemented really firmly when, um, you know, f- for what point? Like, why get attached to that belief? Hear, hear those words, though, cemented and firmly. So that is concrete. It's so rigid. It's mm. immovable. There's no neuroplasticity in play there. It's not a growth mindset. That's a fixed mindset. And it's such a dangerous mind to develop or to maintain. So we, we, we need to work diligently to, to create that growth mindset. And we bring into our lives what we focus on. So if you but that's why, but that's why as well, sorry to cut you off, yeah. I, that's why I watched a lot of the flat earther stuff because I believe the earth's round, right? Yeah. I believe what science thought. But, but it's good to like... It's good to, even if people are fucking retarded, it's good to like look at these opposing views, you know? Yeah, I want to learn. Explain to me. Help me to understand why yeah. you believe this. Yeah. But let's go back to a personal level. If you are disqualifying all the positives about your partner because you're hurt and you're just focusing on the things they're not doing in alignment with what you think they should be doing, this is, they're not going to be a bad person. You're going to turn them into a bad person because yeah. your perception is going to create your reality. So if you have the perception that they're a bad person, you're going to treat them that way. And then all of a sudden you're going to be in an unhappy relationship and then you're going to separate and you're going to go, how the fuck did that happen? We were so in love. Yeah, because well, you, 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 it's like you, you flip a lot of people do so it's like I'm infatuated I just see this positive side over here the infatuation chemicals and everything wears off now I see that now do I, I have a choice right and I have a choice whether I start to accept this person or blah 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 and then we have all these other beliefs like oh but you know once you're in a relationship you should stay in it you should never get divorced uh, all of these cultural or family stuff starts to come into play as well so then people stay in a relationship 
and then say, oh, well, now I'm only focusing on the bad. So I've completely flipped from only seeing the positive to only seeing the negative, and that's the state that you're talking about. Then we'll treat them poorly, we'll see them as a bad person, and um, once, like you said, it's all our perception because everything, everything's happening in our head anyway. Yeah, but they don't, they don't have a choice. You said they've got a choice whether I accept this person or not. Most people don't have that choice because they're not present. They're, they're swept away in their emotions. They're swept away down that river of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just find themselves end up in that space. And you know, how often does your mind go from point A to point Z in the blink of an eye? No, no driver has been in charge of that train of thought that's left mm-hmm. the station. We just, Automatic. We find ourselves arrived there. So that's what we're trying to do as well, just bring people back and put a driver in the train of thought and, and try and be in a position where you can make a decision that's you know, healthiest for you. Yeah, and that's being like that, that top circle because like you said, that river of thought, we get we get start drowning in there a bit and we've got to pull ourselves out. And it's okay, we get stuck in there, man, you still do from time to time, but it's like we've got to just pull ourselves back out. Otherwise, we just keep unconsciously reacting to the world totally. like, I, well, like I did this morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's good to be alive, isn't it? It's good to be alive. It's fun. Like it's fun being human. Be like we're so funny. Like we're so weird creatures. Like you have to. That's yeah. why when I talk to people that are doing a mental rep, the first step is having the awareness. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have the awareness that you're in a destructive thought, that you're being swept away in that river. But then you have to laugh at yourself because it is so irrational and we do, we need to lighten things we need to laugh we need to go oh yeah. <laughs> can you believe how silly I was being about that oh gee whiz yeah. if you can't laugh at yourself you can't laugh at others again. you can't well, we had a, we, it was funny because we had a good I, by the time I got back to 7-Eleven this morning I had the anger gone yeah. and I got in there because they're, they're English is a bit minimal where we are, and I'm trying to explain. I'm like, I can't order the same thing as before. I'm like, I'm like, I drop very silly, drop, 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 you know. And then when he he handed them to me, he was like testing the bag and me, and, like, and then we we both started laughing. It was a really really funny moment actually. Oh, I miss Thailand. I would have been there. What are we? September. September. I would be there next month without COVID, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm accepting the reality of what is and I'm not being disturbed by the fact that I won't be there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's my choice. Hey, before, before we jump off, t- tell people about your the online meditations that you're doing. What? Uh, you may have heard those two let's things. Do, let's, let's do two shameless self-plugs at the end. Let's go. So, sorry, people, I... Um, you may have heard the two dings. Sometimes listeners go, every time your email goes off, I think I'm getting an email. But uh, I, I just had <laughs> two emails. Turn your dings off. I, just, oh, I forgot. I had two emails come through from people wanting to join the online meditation and mindfulness membership. So, yeah, we're, we're in our new space. We've got the big room. So um, when the restrictions are lifted, people are going to come in in person. But we've got so many clients around Australia and even internationally that we wanted to create an online version as well. So we're going to do three live meditations a week that people can log into via a a private members page that the password will go out um, every month. And But then those meditations will stay in that so you can use them whenever you want to. Um, And we're also going to have a few 
five-minute meditations. So just how to calm down, how to go to sleep at night, how to just just helping people just to get out of whatever state they're in. Just a couple of you know five minutes, go and sit under a tree, just step outside and do your thing. So we're going to have other practitioners come in here and run workshops. Siobhan, who we've had on the podcast, she's going to come and do breathwork meditation. We're going to do meditative exercise classes, uh, juggling and slow walking, just to practice this being present, being still, being in the moment. Um, <laughs> we, we, I, uh, it's amazing the slow walk, how much stimulus it creates internally. It's, oh, God, I just want to sit down. Why can't I go fast? Why can't I? And all these thoughts arise, and you've got to work hard to observe them and let them go. So yeah. it's it's really – so my work in one-on-one is, is doing the cognitive retraining, but the meditation and medex classes is where we'd actually do the reconditioning as well. So – yeah, super excited. Um, How can people find that online? The, yeah, the just online jump on MindFits um, and go to the meditation tab and uh, say the mental health gym um, page and just, just put your email address in there and you get a free trial week just to taste it before you, you jump into it and then, yeah, it's just uh, 15 bucks a week thereafter. So Cheap as chips, mate. Well, get on it. Get on it. it. Is. Compared to other stuff, it's 15 bucks a week and we're... We really just want to give people who are struggling access to it. So if we made it really expensive, that creates a barrier. Um, If it's only in person, that creates a geographical barrier. So we're just trying to reduce the amount of barriers and give as many people access to it as possible. That's like three spilt coffees a week. (laughs) It is. is. Or it's it's two packets of Band-Aids to to fix your toe. So that's, that's it's, a bit che- it's a bit cheaper in Thailand. Yeah, but, yeah. That's my shameless <laughs> plug. So I can't wait for you guys to come back and come and visit us. And when we open up for those locals of Mornington Peninsula to come and visit us. But yeah, what's your what you got space going is on? ready to go there, mate? And it's looking fantastic. Um, yeah, just a plug for the Center for Healing, our uh, online courses. So the website's courses centerforhealing.com.au. Um, we've just been having a great response the last month or two um, a lot of people now looking at studying online or learning a bit more about teletherapy and that kind of stuff so um, we've got a lot of online resources there Mel's root cause therapy practitioner training which is getting great feedback and then we've got courses you know for families of drug addicts or alcoholics uh, mental health in general we've got a trauma course coming out in the next week or two so just lots of online resources for people through this time to uh, help and very interactive stuff as well but all, but what you and I are offering are just tools and, and those tools are great but they're useless if people don't pick them up and use them so mm-hmm. uh, thinking I, I need to do something is great but then you have to action it so um, we're, yeah, we can't help people until people help themselves really can they by accessing these tools Absolutely, and we must be aware. We must be aware, and we must choose. Choose. We can only choose when we are aware. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's that's what it keeps coming back to, isn't it? Yeah. You can't do shit unless you're aware of stuff. Well, you know? If you're not in the moment, you can't make a decision or a choice that the situation demands of you unless you are there, in thought, in presence, in awareness, in consciousness, to make that decision. Exactly, exactly. And uh, guys, 
listeners to the show were, give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. We really appreciate those that have. Um, we're up to about 20 or so now on Apple. That's just on the one platform. So um, we really appreciate all you guys leaving a five-star review. If you haven't, just take a minute or two out of your day to do so. And if you're on listening on, or on Instagram, uh, yeah, I still don't know how to leave ratings or reviews on Spotify and that, no, but if someone can work that out, just do but it. More importantly, just spread spread it around to your friends and family. Yeah, spread the love. Yeah, yeah, because we, we are getting a lot of people saying it's helping my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, um, and yeah, just a little snippet here or snippet there may literally change someone's mind and help them out of some suffering. So Exactly. Exactly. So we appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you, Nick. We appreciate, appreciate everyone that's listening. Yeah. And yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. Have we got a guest next week? Yes, we do. Who have we got coming in next week? Um, oh, my good friend, Matty Pitt. Matthew Pitt from uh, the founder of Social Golf Australia. Jeez, talk about woke bloke. Matt and I just met and kindred spirits and, and had a... An amazing conversation over a glass of wine down at Barmboogle and King Island. And, um, yeah, Matt's, Matt's had a lot of adversity, both recent and in the past. And if, if you want to listen to how someone chooses their own path, then I highly recommend tuning into the Matty Pitt podcast because that's going to... Awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Yep, me too. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Ciao, peace. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.